Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Uh, I got a bonus show on a Friday here, and it's a big boy show. Now, obviously, if you're looking at the piece of shit next to me, that's just Clark. He's just a normal piece of shit. He was on the show a few weeks ago. Piece of shit! Look at how small you are, Clark. I feel like, are you, are you in a wheelchair down there? It feels like it. My why, God, man, you're a tiny you, man. like, right out of the gate? Me? With Clark? Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Look at Clark. You can see him in his two-shot here. <laughs> My God, doesn't he look like a piece of shit? He's amazing, but uh, real piece of shit. Now, next to D'Anthony D'Anthony Holloway, we've got Phil Berger Jr., a real-life Supreme Court justice for the state of North Carolina. Phil, how are you? Doing great, Ross. I appreciate you having me. This is very exciting. Isn't it? Um, I know, look, I know you've been super passionate about overturning uh, Brown v. Board, and uh, I want to get into that. I'm kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> Dan said, don't get him canceled today. He's got a wife and kids that he loves. So I'm going to do my best today, but I don't know if I can. Yeah, actually, my, my wife, when she found out I was coming on the show, she said, please don't lose your job. So- <laughs> So we can't get into the gay wedding marriage kick at all. What? What if it's two straight dudes? Okay. Now I'm just going to take two. Wait, they're just getting married for the benefits? Well, they want the cake, but they want to look gay. Because you know that case, right? Those are interesting facts. Uh, Yes. Right? So let's say I have two super straight guys like Hugh Jackman. What? What? Just super straight Hugh Jackman and somebody else who's super straight like Jimmy Butler, the point guard for, for the Miami Heat. But they want to dock on a wedding cake, and I deny that, and I'm the cake owner. What happens there? Yeah, I don't know. You don't don't know? know. know. It's fascinating, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a case like that that just went through. Do you follow all the cases at the Supreme Court because it might fall down to uh, state courts and all that stuff? Yeah, we do. So Supreme Court uh, uh, issues rulings on the Constitution, which is the supreme law of the land, Mm -hmm. and uh, those ultimately affect how we impart justice in North Carolina. Well, how do you track on all that stuff? Is, it, is that the, the clerk's job to, to amass all that stuff and then give you a reading list, or how does that work? I've always been curious about that. Yeah, so, so part of it, I, I follow the ones that are in, in the sort of public sphere mm-hmm. that, that people uh, are, are of public interest. Because SCOTUS has its own... Re- PR, like they release mm-hmm. all the stuff on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, but my, my clerks read up, and uh, also we rely heavily on attorneys who practice before us to <clears throat> um, basically figure out what the law is and argue it to us. Mm. Really? And then you guys make the decision based off of that? Because I know uh, lawyers, will, we've been in a million lawsuits, <laughs> so we know a lot about it. Uh, lawyers will often cite cases that are very obscure and everything else. Whose job is that to go and look through uh, the works that they're citing to make sure that they're actually relevant to the cases you guys are working on? Yeah, so ultimately that falls on me. Oh, it does. Right, we, ha- we have a team of uh, clerks and, and assistants that, that help us, but ultimately that uh, responsibility is mine. God, that's a lot, isn't it? It, it is. You wake up every day and you're like, Jesus Christ, can the world get any heavier? Yeah, do, do the people of North Carolina understand what they've done? I don't think they do, dude. Um, because you were asking for Viking earlier because you were like, I've got to carry the whole state on my back. I'm sore. And I was like, I can't do that here. That's illegal justice. Yeah, that's um, not true. Um, that's, that's not true. It's a, it's, <laughs> a lot to, it's a lot to do, though. I mean, uh, and then you have to, like, even, like, so, so somebody... The, the sign of a good law is clear, concise, and enforceable, right? Those are the three tenets of a good law. So how do you 
technically speaking, if somebody's ruled on something before and, and, and the case is technically, there is case law on this that suggests this thing, but I don't think that's right. You know what I mean? Base, when I apply that to the Constitution now in this particular circumstance, it doesn't seem to hold up still. So how do you deal with something like that? Well, we, we are bound by precedent, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when the Supreme Court issues rulings, we are bound by uh, their holding in the case. But many cases... What about are, a parallel court? Well, so... Like so if, if, if you were like on the uh, Fifth Circuit or something like that, and the Ninth Circuit made a ruling, you're bound by that still, or you can rule separately since you guys are parallel? Right. Um, we have the ability to use that other authority as persuasive authority, mm. but it is not binding. So we can take it and say, oh, that's very interesting, but it doesn't apply because. Okay. That's really, I mean, the, the way these systems work are, I don't think anybody really that isn't in them understands how it works or people like in the press that follow and stuff. It's, it's pretty wild. So let's talk about, we, there's a citizen episode with us coming out where we get further into his background. <clears throat> but for these uh, purposes, we're, we want to talk about the Veteran Justice Initiative and how that's working in North Carolina right now. So, uh, Clark, can you give give us a little background on how that all got started? Because you were instrumental in that as well. Yeah, sure. So, the Veterans Justice Initiative is a program underneath the Independence Fund, which is a nonprofit organization. We are a, a nationwide nonprofit serving. Um, initially, started serving our catastrophically wounded veterans. Uh, our organization was born in the halls of Walter Reed. Uh, our CEO, Sarah Verardo, her husband was catastrophically wounded in Afghanistan in 2010. Uh, and with, with her uh, working through as a caregiver with him and, and his injuries, obviously the Independence Fund was born from those injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, TrackChair is one of our major, um, our major programs as well as our Operation Resiliency, which we've been on the program before talking about. But uh, as like most of our programs in the Independence Fund, these things are born out of real-world experiences, mm-hmm. real lived experiences through um, – veterans or Sarah and, and her husband's battle buddies. This is no, this is no exception, right? So in 2000 in around 2020, uh, Sarah was notified by a battle buddy of her husband, uh, actually his wife, who was uh, really sharing a story about her husband who was in crisis, who was, who was struggling with mental health issues, uh, PTS issues and TBI, uh, and had ultimately left the home with his firearms. He was in crisis and his wife was extremely afraid of what might no. come from that, right? So when he left, she was afraid to call the police. Because uh, they're going to show up and start. I mean, from, from the civilian's perspective, especially a wife who's concerned about his well-being, the cop's just going to show up and shoot this guy. That's what she's thinking. Well, right? that, that's her fear, right? And, yeah. and obviously talking to Sarah, and, and Sarah was really engaging her to, mm. you need to call the police. That's the foremost ex- experts yeah. in, in de- criminalization. I'm sorry, de-escalation, really working through that process. Um, you know, Sarah called a, a local organization, a local sheriff's office in the state, did not get the most um, appropriate response from the, that deputy. In fact, that deputy had basically said, if we come across him, we'll, we'll talk to him and we'll see what we can do for him. But really, to commit suicide or to, to die by suicide is, is not illegal. Um, an absolute inappropriate response by a police officer. So she called another police department in nearby county, uh, gave the same set of circumstances and said, look, we've got this veteran who's in crisis. He needs help. He served his country. He's an absolute hero. We need to treat him as such and get him the treatment. So this, this actual deputy was a Marine Corps veteran, combat mm. veteran. So he understood what she was talking about, and he helped, ultimately located our veteran, uh, helped to de-escalate him uh, with the help of Sarah and the Independence Fund, got him into some treatment, inpatient treatment. This, this police officer, this deputy, drove that veteran to the VA himself because he, he was so invested in it. Thus was born a desire to provide additional training to law enforcement, provide training on military culture so that every police officer who may not be a veteran can understand 
what drives a veteran, which honestly is really the same type of drive that you see uh, in a police culture. Mm-hmm. So really appealing to that. She took it to the, the, the House of Representatives in North Carolina. She took it to the Senate and really you know, proposed that law enforcement needs additional training. Um, they empowered her. Uh, a bill was passed called no, no Veteran Left Behind that, uh, that empowered the Independence Fund to build this program. And working with our, our sheriff's organization, our police organizations, we developed this training program for law enforcement, um, which is one of the parts of what we do in the Veteran Justice Initiative. So we, we travel the state of North Carolina training law enforcement and community partners on military culture. What is PTSD? What is TBI? How does it impact? What are some of the responses that you're going to get from that veteran so that the officer can use the culture to build rapport, what we call getting a hook, right? Understanding what drives that, that veteran and then helping to de-escalate them and then ultimately using the resources through our partners like the VA to get them into treatment so that there, there's not a criminalization or, mm. or criminal, criminal act occurs, if you right. will, before that comes. That's where we want to intervene. Yeah. And it helps. I mean, I think if I, if I had to guess, Texas and North Carolina specifically probably have more people in law enforcement that are prior military than any other states, just because there are major bases there, right? Yeah, I, I think that the, there's there's a lot of different records out there, but there's records of forty to fifty percent of our law enforcement officers have some military background. Mm. You mean like nationwide or? in the state of North Carolina? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I know the sheriff of uh, Union County where a lot of this stuff yeah. goes down. What's his name? Kathy. Eddie Kathy. Eddie Kathy. Amazing partner. Yeah, I've, I haven't met him yet. I've heard of good things about him though. He's a uh, former Army guy himself. I think he actually went to basic in North Carolina. As a matter of fact, yeah, he was. He was stationed there at Fort Bragg. <clears throat> and how did you guys meet? So great question. So uh, if you want to take it, I know I was on a show uh, sometime last February uh, mm-hmm. talking about this part of it in the program. And, uh, you know, Justice Berger heard me on the program and uh, reached out to Dan to kind of uh, pitch his own little proposal and how North Carolina can be uh, more assisting to our law enforcement. How do we or I'm, I'm sorry, to our veteran population? How do we work with them? Mm-hmm. How do we identify them early in the criminal process? So if they become justice involved, how does the Independence Fund or any organization who's doing what we do? actually step in to provide that assistance so justice burger yeah so ross i'm, I'm a big fan of the show i listen every day and really yeah hard You're to believe kidding. no and I, he still agreed to come, come on, on here so. really yeah, i do Dangerous. Yeah. Man, i've said some awful things in my life well but funny <laughs> i appreciate it yeah so but but i'm listening to this episode that clark is on and it it just hit me that North Carolina has a number of what's called veteran treatment courts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have eight currently. There are four that are scheduled to come online. Uh, but and that's for, out of 200 counties, you said, right? Well, 100. Yeah. 100, okay, 100, 100 counties. So. Yeah, so there, there's a, a big, um, uh, there's an absence uh, of assistance for veterans across a big swath of the state. And it just occurred to me that uh, if we can get some of this treatment, some of this help uh, to veterans early in some of these rural counties, uh, that we can make a big, big difference. So I reached out to Dan. Uh, by social media, asked him if he thought uh, the Check the Box initiative, what, what became the Check the Box initiative, uh, was a good idea. And, and he indicated that it probably was and connected me with Sarah. That's amazing. Uh, all through social media? Twitter, yeah. No way. Yeah, or Look X. at Elon Musk. Yeah, dude. Look at him. He's really doing it, isn't he? Well, I think this may have been before Elon. but he, No, sure wasn't. It was probably after. In We're the beginning, it was the Elon and... The word was Elon was with Elon or whatever. John Absolutely, yeah, because he built in rockets. Yeah. He's saving lives. <clears throat> uh, he's, he's doing a lot. You know, Amazon's sending satellites up now. Are they really? They sent their first one up today. Good for them. I don't know why. Look at that. If they could fix the internet in the office, that'd be great. Yeah, That's all I really give a shit nice, about on a yeah. daily basis, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, so yeah, he, he I linked him up with Sarah, and, and then uh, I believe you got involved at that point. 
Yeah, I, I, Sarah passed his information on to me. Yeah. Uh, just, just as a reminder, Clark's a former uh, law enforcement officer, despite what Ross has to say about him. That is, look, I've seen some. I've seen Clark in some compromising situations. Okay, <laughs> it's not true. It, this isn't Scientology. You don't have to blackmail him. It, it is. It true. is true. We talked on the last episode. Yeah, nope. about the drug use, nope. and then <laughs> it's uh, never happened. Never it, happened. It sure no. has. It's and not then true. Afterwards, because after that show, a lot of people didn't see it, but uh, he had two dudes handcuffed in the back of a truck, and he was like, "I'm still a cop." <laughs> You Just interrogate, dude. He's like spraying it with a water hose. Yeah, and like, I thought like that major was pain. weird, Clark. Like and pain. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Just, just for uh, you know, for the audience's sake, this is a man who pretends to be thirty-three years old. He is in his late sixties. Not true. At, at least sixty-five, sixty-six. Very, very tender no. age of thirty-three. No, yeah, I get no. carded today. No, you didn't. Sure did. For AARP, maybe. No, yeah. no. It's going into For your my... senior discount at the fucking diner, you may have gotten carded. Bought a bottle of Mad Dog 2020, <laughs> as I do every Friday, and it's in the cup here. And they said, sir, you can't leave the store with that. I need to see your identification. You look too young. And I was like, all right, here we are. And they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. Well, it's because it's retarded. No, no, it's not. Well, actually, have, have you seen my license? It still is the greatest oh, of yeah, all time. It's still the mustache. If you're a fan, we're gonna we're gonna test you here. Uh, so this was right after we did Range 15. Um, my my license was about to expire, so I still had the Gene Vandenham hair. And literally, no one believes that's me when they see it. They're like, "Are you kidding me, dude? The hair's still bright blonde. I got a mustache on. I mean, I look like the worst version of a porn star. You're keeping that because that's what Clark does, dude. That's what he did to those two boys down in Alabama after that game. Okay." They were over 18. It's fine. Clark, I don't care what you do in the bedroom, all right? Uh, but we got a lot of listeners here who are saying, hey, let's ask the judge about some, some hard-hitting cases here. I'm with you. Uh, so when Roe v. Wade was overturned, um, how does that affect you? Um, like, I, we did a live show, I think, on a Friday that it happens. Do you guys immediately have, like, closed doors meetings and say, all right, we've got to reenact and do something differently here in the, in the States? Because you probably have pending cases on certain yeah. things. Not, that, that might not be the best example because I don't know how much pending legislation there was in state courts or anything. But there, there are judgments that happen. And then you have active cases on your docket that you have to, like, all of a sudden, all the work you've done is kind of for nothing, right? Not for nothing, but it's like you got to pivot at that point. Right. And, and so when cases like that take place, right, we do not step in immediately. Um, as Dan mentioned, the legislature has certain um, uh, things that they need to do uh, when issues are pushed down to the states. Okay. So we only get cases when attorneys or parties bring them to us. So, so we take no action uh, when those types of decisions are made uh, at the federal level. It's, all, it. it's all legislative. Uh, and then someone will uh, uh, at some point file a lawsuit. That's interesting because when you see it and, and hear it, uh, you know, online or in, in the media, you immediately think, all right, well, this is law the next day. The Supreme Court just said this, so this immediately gets enacted the next day. But you're saying that's not the case. Um, generally, how long does that take? And I guess what was the ruling in North Carolina after that? Because I, I believe, uh, Dan, you were the one who said uh, it comes back to the states. Um, so for North Carolina, what was the law in that state regarding abortion? Well, so so the I think this thing part, is chasing you now. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, I hate this mic so much. I, I I really want to hurt it. That's ah, fine. 
It's fine. You're good. Uh, yeah. So what what happens uh, there in the, in the state of North Carolina? Right. So there was a state law that was already in place prior to um, Roe v. Roe v. Wade being overturned. Mm-hmm. So that law is essentially the law of the, law of the land in North Carolina. And uh, the legislature can take steps to modify or amend it if they choose to. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they've done that or left it alone. I just don't. We, we really don't follow pending legislation. We follow cases that make their way to us. And uh, no one has, fought, to my knowledge, no one has filed suit at this point. Gotcha. Because uh, with, with Texas, the governor made a pretty quick decision and, hey, here's what we're going to do. And boom, this is over with. Uh, but as, as far as I'm, my memory, I don't think your governor has done that. So if he did, what, then would it be immediate or do you still have to wait for certain cases to get to you? No, so so whatever, and, and I apologize because I don't I don't know, uh, but but whatever the law was in place uh, for the state prior to Roe v. Wade being overturned was the law. Uh, the governor, the legislature did not have to do anything, um, but but if there is a change, then the legislature would have to take some steps to amend the law. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. Uh, so people could just leave it as is if they wanted to, regardless of the ruling, and then until a certain case gets to you guys, then then you rule on that, and then I guess then that would be the case that is the one going forward that kind of sets the law of the land for North Carolina. Right. And, and the question, if, if and when that makes its way to us, is, uh, is the legislation constitutional? And, and so that, that would be the issue if it made it to us. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and that's the only thing you guys care about at that point, right? Like you're the last line of constitutional defense against bad ideas, essentially, right? Right. For, for the state of North Carolina, we are the last say in North Carolina law. Okay. Uh, we got High and Angry in the chat here. Shout out to him. Uh, he works with the Moonshiners there. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, he's asking if uh, home distilling in North Carolina and if they would ever change the laws making it legal. Yeah, so don't know. Um, but I do know there's been discussion on that. Um, as far as loosening some of the, the leg- legislation and regulation. Um, but, but where that stands, I don't know. Again, um, and, and I know this sounds crazy, but, sure. but my job um, sort of gets triggered when cases come to us. And before that, we, we have no input or opportunity to uh, have any say in it. Well, is there like a text thread with all you guys at home, kind of like like me and my college buddies with all the justices, and you're like, holy shit, did you see this? You think we're going to have to rule on that soon? Yeah, so we actually share clips of this show. It's You should. I, you, one should make all the laws after this show. I don't believe that. I do. We, you, find it, you find it odd that Biden's suddenly building a border wall after, after we've been doing this show for five years? No, dude. That's, that's, that's us. We causation that. and correlation, you know? Okay. They're, they're different things. But I look at uh, what Trump is going through right now. And uh, to be honest with you, it does seem like election interference with, with everything that's going on and all the cases and the states and all that other stuff. It, it, at some point, does the Supreme Court step into a case like that and say, all right, you got a guy who's clearly going to be the candidate for the Republican Party. Uh, we've got to hold off on these cases because we really are interfering with anything. Um, because I'm following this pretty closely as this is going on. And he's showing up in, in court in New York right now on a day-to-day basis when he should be out campaigning. We're less than 13 months away from the election now at this point. Um, do you think the Supreme Court will step in and make a ruling on that eventually? Or is that just a rumor? So I don't, I don't know. Uh, can the Supreme Court step in? Yes, but, right? So, so what appellate courts do is a lot like booth review in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? We, we can only make a ruling if that challenge flag has been thrown. 
By and, somebody with standing, too. Right. 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 By somebody who has some stake in the, um, <clears throat> uh, in the lawsuit. So, so and, and when those cases make their way up to appellate courts, much like the Booth Review, we are stuck with the photographs, the pictures, what we call the record on appeal. And even though we may want a different um, angle on whether or not that runner crossed the goal line, mm-hmm. um, if, if that information is not in the record, we're basically stuck with what the parties have brought us. So, oh, Okay. So let's say Trump was being tried in the state of North Carolina, for example, uh, and his lawyers appealed to the Supreme Court of North Carolina, and they said, hey, we want this trial to be pushed until after the election because it's not giving the leading candidates uh, enough time to, to go out and campaign and meet and greet and fundraise and all that other stuff. What would be the ruling in something like that in the state of North Carolina? So, so I'm going to sound like a real politician, and I know that you guys love politicians. Love but, but So does Dan especially. I know. I got the T-shirt and everything. <laughs> Look, so, I, just, I specifically didn't wear that shirt because you were going to be here today. I even hid most of the dicks that are present. That's true. He did. Yeah, so, so we, <laughs> Most. No, no, no. Most. Yeah, there's, Most. One, there's, there's one, one right, right here. Right there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so there, there's a group that sort of polices judges called the Judicial Standards Commission. And one of the rules that we have to follow by is we cannot make a um, uh, pronouncement on cases that, one, are likely to come before us, or two, are pending in some um, um, area in, in the country, some jurisdiction in the country. So if I were to comment on that, I would technically be breaking the rules mm. Uh, mm. of the Judicial Standards Commission. And again, as my wife warned me, <clears throat> please keep your job. So, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Well, that's, that, that, what is it called? Uh, fruit of the poison tree or something like that in the, in the adjudication process? Like you can't that, – that essentially would create a situation where you would need to recuse, recuse yourself later, which is stupid, right? Well, then you can't do your job. But it, it does bring <clears throat> up questions of impartiality, right? We mm. want our judges to be impartial when they hear cases. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll politely decline on that one. Okay, well, I'm glad you brought that up with uh, being impartial. Um, then why is there a Republican and a Democrat side to uh, Supreme Court justices? Because one would think that would be a nonpartisan thing or a job in this world of, you know, because I, I, you're Republican, obviously, uh, and, and it says it, and that's what you run on and everything else. Why... Does your political affiliation matter for what you're doing in the Supreme Court? Well, so most people have no idea who their judges are. Right? Correct. So, so when, when, when I go in the booth to vote, I just, I'm seeing repube and I'm checking the box and I go all the way down repube. Right. So, so imagine, and this was the case in North Carolina, imagine you have nonpartisan elections for these very important <clears throat> positions. You are being deprived of valuable information. You go, well, Republican, Democrat, that. It's not really valuable information, but it does give you some idea uh, as to what the judicial philosophy is of those individuals, right? So uh, Republicans tend to be more in line with uh, constitutionalism, originalist and textualist thinking, mm-hmm. um, not, not to a person, but generally uh, Democrats tend to favor uh, living document <laughs> interpretation. And uh, so that, I, I think that's valuable information for voters. And we've seen in North Carolina when it was nonpartisan, there was about a million person drop off in voting for judicial elections. And once they put the uh, partisan label on there, people began engaging Mm. again. So, you know, it's very interesting that people want to participate in electing judges. They just need the information. Why, aside from just being conservative or whatever, uh, maybe that's just your political philosophy, but why choose constitutional being, why choose being an originalist versus being, uh, a living document ter- interpretive guy. Well, like, what what does that mean to you? Why did you make that choice? Yeah, so I, I, I think that 
justice flows from the consistent application of law over time, mm. right? And, and to the extent our courts can be consistent, people have more faith in outcomes and, and institutions. And if you're a constitutionalist, then that means you and I can look at the same text and reasonable people may disagree, but you're going to have a more consistent uh, application and understanding of what that law mm. is, as opposed to someone who is a living document or some sort of alternative inter- interpretive theory, uh, right? That, that's sort of, I'm going, going to go before a judge, I should have certainty and predictability and outcomes, but, but with those, it, it may not hinge on what the text of uh, <laughs> right. uh, the, the constitution of the statute is. It makes it less resilient to, uh, I guess, the whims of the mob in that regard. That makes sense to me. Yeah, but that's like it's weird that that is carved out from conservative and liberal standpoints. To be honest, like that, that seems like a, an odd dividing line to me because universality and uh, standard that isn't an intrinsically conservative or liberal principle, right? Well, it, but it's developed that way over time in a lot of ways, right? But I do think there may be some difference <clears throat> between conservative liberal when it comes to politics mm. and conservative liberal when it comes to judicial interpretation. Sure, yeah, that's right. That that um, I had a had a old attorney, older attorney one time say, um, you know, why 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 are you not wearing a tie today? And uh, explained to him, well, it's just an office day. And he says, look, judges provide continuity for our culture. And I think conservative judges have this sort of uh, arcing uh, belief in tradition and that uh, things should stay relatively predictable and stable. Uh, so I, I think that may be a, a judicial dividing line. So you're not going to show up to the court with a Carhartt hoodie and shorts on, then, is what you're saying? Basketball shorts? Cargo shorts? No, I, I, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Just, but I, I could. You co- okay, you could. But uh, we, we wanted to see what the option is there. Uh, you guys get a lot of uh, death sentences, trying to overturn death sentences and things like that. Um, what makes you rule or overrule on killing somebody? Well, so, so the question that, that we are presented with is, is there an error of law in the case? Mm-hmm. Right? So, so someone uh, throws the challenge flag, makes its way up to us, and, and we're not, um, it, it, ideally, it's not about personal beliefs, right? It is, was there an error of law in this person's trial or um, uh, post-conviction proceeding? So, so it's not so much that in North Carolina, the death penalty is a legitimate punishment according to statute. So, so our belief or um, uh, personal preferences on that do not matter. The question is, was there an error committed and then it will either rise or fall on that so issue. So you're going to end up making uh, adjudications on cases that where you might not actually agree with the determination of the original case, but pr- provided no mistake was made, it's kind of out of your hands in that regard, right? Right. It's the difference between uh, stands overruled um, in the in the NFL lingo. Yeah. Um, what's uh, what is it there? Is it fire? Is it electric? Like electrocution? How do they kill people there? Oh, it's lethal injection. Man, that's the shitty one. I was hoping for a sweet one, like, you know, everybody, oh, yeah, we've all got guns and, you know, or like a, like a hot iron. There is only uh, like a poker. I think Montana is the last state in the union that has firing squad and uh, public hanging, I think, but they, uh, don't, they don't do it, right? As of 2023, Mississippi, Oklahoma, South Carolina, and Utah can use the firing yeah, squad. Yeah, Utah, for the dude. Death Let's go. Uh, the one guy did. Uh, When's the last time? Yeah, some dude requested a firing squad a couple squad years before. ago. Yeah. He, he was like, you know what? Do do it right. After watching all the cops shoot, 
I'm like, ah, I'll take the I'll take the injection. <laughs> so gonna wing me a couple times first. Yeah, the injection's no fun, you know. It's just kind of tap it up and then goodbye. I'll 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 have Taco Supremes, you know, from Taco Bell, and then that's it. Oh, you think that's the last meal? I think so. What would you? Let's go through the what your last meal. What, what oh, meal? I know exactly what it is. Uh, Mastro's. You ever been to Mastro's Steakhouse? Have not. Big fan. Big fan. You give me that lobster gnocchi. Uh, that's just a little appetizer for me. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm going to have that garlic bread and then obviously steak and lobby because that's where I go. Uh, and then a couple G and T's just to feel kind of fun and flirty, you know, get me ready for the injection. I don't think the, they give I'm, you booze for your they don't last meal. No, yeah. That sucks. You, they don't booze you up. You're stuck with toilet wine, I believe. Which oh. is hard to make in solitary confinement. Well, I'm good with my my hands in a sock, an old dirty sock in a toilet. I could ferment that shit. What about Clark? What's your? Oh, I'm I'm going Asian food all the way. I'm going Chinese. I'm going Thai food. Whatever I can do, I'm just going to really eat. absolutely. I'll wow. eat it. I'll wow. eat it every meal. Were you married to an Asian lady? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. just checking. Why? Why? Uh... Like Asian food. I don't know. It's just uh, it's always my go-to. Whatever you're addicted I do. Sushi, to MSG is what it that, is. that might be it. <laughs> Panda Express. There's no MSG in sushi. <laughs> Panda Express. Though, Listen, you can find some good food at Panda Express. So. I, I, yeah. I, we had it the other night. It was. I great. recently found out about Cava. I didn't know that was a place, but it's basically Greek Chipotle. That's the best place in the world. Where is that? It's uh, well, there's one over it's near where we were this morning. Yeah, it's a chain. It's all over the country. Okay, it's but good it's, though. Man, it's so good. I'm in. It's ridiculous. I'm in. I'm looking for some uh, good euros. Is it euros? Uh, they have bowls. It's like and euros. Ups. Yeah, they have That's everything. Fine. They have falafel. They have everything. I um, fuck with all of it, dude. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not uh, segregating. Ju- it, right? Judge, what do you uh, last meal? Last meal. Have? Oh, Olive Garden. There it is. You son of a bitch. You. Son- I'll serve it to you too, man. I'll I'll put it over the arm. I'll put that bottle of Chianti right here and say justice. There, there's no need to be honorable about it. You can just drink the whole goddamn thing. I'm not going to charge you. He for was it. just establishing his Drinking Bros bona fides. He sure right was. There, yeah. Which it worked. No, Fair I think enough. he's an Olive Garden fan. I think he's he an Olive Garden be, fan. Yeah, for I don't sure. Know. You're from North Carolina. Where do you live? So. What city do you live I in? Know, North you're Carolina? from Virginia originally, right? Originally, yeah, yeah. But I live in Hillsborough now. Okay. Which is uh, between Raleigh and Greensboro. You're lucky to have a, an Olive Garden there. Oh, 20 minutes away. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, dude, that's a that's a treat. You got to call up and make a res on Friday you night. You sure do. You and the wife. Who is this? It's <laughs> Justice Burger. I need that eight o'clock res for me and my lady. <laughs> that pasta is never ending over there, isn't it? <laughs> Um, and that's fine because I think it's a Chili's down there. Uh, Applebee's is out there, although they're kind of nuking those out in North Carolina. What do you think? Some pea skins for your last meal? Some potato skins with some sour cream? Sure, that'd be good. Yeah. Okay. What was skin. your go-to in college? Oh gosh, uh, go well, he went, you went to you, you went to Wake UNC Wilmington. He went to Wilmington and then Wake Forest after that. Oh, you went to UNCW. Yeah. All right. Well, shit. There was a cookout right next door. Oh, not not back when I went. No. How about that little Caesars across the street? Was that it, there? It sure was. Yeah. Yeah. That crazy bread. It sure was. How and crazy what did about, you get off that? What is it? Shuck and Shake. Shuck and Shack. Shuck and Shack. Yeah. yeah. yeah That's been around for there. a long time. Well, yeah. the one at Carolina Beach has been there for a long time. No, yeah. The one we used to go to it, and it just opened was PTs. The hamburger joint? Oh, yeah. P.T. Terrace. No, yeah. that's yeah. a different organization. No, 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 not at all. I know P.T.'s, yeah. I know that place. It's fine. It's no cookout, though. Let's be real. And uh, that Little Caesars across the street. Dan and I just talked about that a few weeks ago. You talked about it, and I said Little Caesars sucks. Oh, it's the best, It's dude. not the best. It it's is. It's the worst. No. Man, I could be committed. I could, You put me in a 5150. That's how crazy that bread makes me. I love it so much. Wrap me up, Clark. I feel like a young Britney Spears, dude. I, can't, after I cannot that crazy eat Little bread. Caesars anymore. My sister worked there in high school, and it was, oh, it was gross. Oh, it was absolutely disgusting. I mean, I, I always the wonder best. how much of pe- those places just freeze everything, and then... Not necessarily the food. I'm like, she would come home from work just smelling like a pizza, and it was just, you know... 
So it's like for you, that's like uh, getting too drunk on Goldschlager a couple times. You just can't smell anymore. To me, that's the scent of a woman right there. She comes home smelling like Little Caesars. I'm all in. What if she smelled like McDonald's French fries? Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, that'll work. What wouldn't work is the Burger King French fries. If she smelled like that, I'd be like, get out of the. Yeah, but if she smelled like the uh, Whopper. Yeah. Well, now we're back in business. Sure are. You know what I mean? Double Whopper with cheese. Yeah. That'd be on my last meal list, too. If, if they let me bang, bang a whole section of meals all day long, you can throw a Double Whopper with cheese in there right around noon. Just make it look like that spread that uh, Trump put out for Clemson. The after best they of all won. time. Yeah, yep. it's like all McDonald's and Taco Bell and shit. Best of all time. Uh, Trump was in court, by the way, uh, the other day, and they caught the whole law team coming back with McDonald's bags. Do you see that? that he eats not. McDonald's Bob, every day. Bob, pull this up. This is an obscene amount of McDonald's bags. I'm he not eats, kidding. I, I, His I, whole I, legal team was carrying these in, and I was just like, holy for, shit. I'm not kidding. He eats McDonald's and drinks Diet Coke every day of his life and what is he 76 years old I, it's a dream like, how life. is it even possible it's a I, dream life he's just preserved yeah, yeah that's true yeah. it's you a dream I mean? life like, it's just there it is pop it up on screen for the people good lord look at those fucking bags that's bro. just for the don too sure is look at homegirl there they, they've even got secret service looking at those bags i need 15 cheeseburgers yeah china i i don't understand how these 200 year old white house pipes handled this man's diet for four yeah. years. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, boy. they handled that, Teddy Roosevelt. You don't think they can handle Donald Trump? Yeah. He was eating live bears back in the day. There was some toilets in the White House on Amber Alert, dude. <laughs> I guarantee you they were running out of that place. Oh, boy. Uh, but you're not here for that, Phil. You know, you're not here for that. What you're here for is, uh, is more cases. All right, I want to get into some more cases. I'm fascinated by this, and we'll never have a Supreme Court justice on the show ever again. Um, again, group thread. When RBG goes down, do you guys text and be like, holy shit, do you believe this? And then kind of bid on who the next one, like bet on it, who the next one's going to be? Well, like anybody else, right, we, we do um, talk about legal issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So certainly when, when that happened, it was who's the nominee going to be? Exactly. Yeah, right, sure. Did you know who it was going to be? Do you guys know in advance? Or do you have like, all right, well, I heard about so-and-so or so-and-so. And then are some of you guys up for it? Like, does it, does it work like that too? Um, so... So no, <laughs> yeah. got to be really smart for, for that. But um, you went to UNCW. You're pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, this was a long time ago. <laughs> well, you went to they, Wake Forest, law school Wake Forest. Yeah. yeah. You're pretty smart, dude. Yeah. Stop being, stop being weird. His undergrad's weird, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I'm kidding. <laughs> Wake Forest is cool. Um, but yeah, do you, did you know? Did you, like, did you know after she died, it was like, all right, it's going to be so-and-so? Well, so, so with, with Trump, right, he published a, a a list of individuals that he thought would be Supreme Court nominees if he had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to the extent he's picking from that list, there, there's some discussion, you know, is, is it this person or that person? But in, in the end, the president can pick whomever uh, he, he or she chooses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but it's, it's always interesting to speculate who, who might Do you have any thoughts on lifetime appointments? Uh, not a fan. Uh, I, I believe people, I believe judges, um, uh, elected representatives, presidents, mm. whomever, uh, should stand for election, should have the people uh, ultimately determine uh, who was going to make these important decisions. Well, even if it was, uh, it, let's say we have the same process of confirmation, which is that the president nominates and the Senate confirms. Why is it not for a term, like an eight, even a 12-year term or something, right, other than just for the rep? Why, why would we have done that originally? It doesn't make a lot of sense, to be honest. Because every, every other facet, you know, 
it's it's very obvious how not good of an idea it is. FDR, by and large, was a pretty well respected and liked president. But mm-hmm. after his fourth term, they were like, "All right, let's fucking knock this shit out." So it wasn't that's Brandon Harrell landing his helicopter back. Yeah, there, we get a, the next guest brought a, a helicopter there. That's some big time shit. He's flexing on you guys hard right he now. Sure is, dude. He's like, "Oh, cool. You guys got a Supreme Court justice on? Dope, dude. I'm gonna drop my helicopter right behind him, dude. <laughs> how sweet is that? Uh, what were you saying, Dan? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, okay, well, well, he he was asking about lifetime appointments, yeah. and so with the with the initial um, establishment of the federal government, if if you read the Federalist Papers, there's mm. a, there's a lot of discussion about the need for uh, the judges to be independent of the legislature or sure. the executive, and and it even goes back to uh, some of the 27 issues that Jefferson put into the Declaration of Independence. Right, right? Uh, we, we've been asked to come. Uh, too far to try our cases. We've got judges that are beholden to the king. Mm. So, so that's part of the reason that that uh, our, our founders wanted uh, a judiciary that that served for lifetime or or for good behavior, technically. Um, but, but again, I, I, to me, there's some importance, there's some value in having the people uh, yeah. um, involved. So, in that so your your concern would be that the Senate or whomever was doing the confirmation would use their leverage. To, to get a, a desired outcome out of the out of the court instead of if there were terms. So if you if you come up every eight years, the Senate, in the same way that lobbyists are in their ears, would be like, hey, if you don't vote this way on this issue, we're going to not confirm you next time. That would be a risk, I guess. I, absolutely. And, you know, you talk frequently about mm-hmm. uh, the aristocracy protecting mm-hmm. itself, and, and I think that's certainly a danger. Yeah, makes sense. So you, if it were if you had your druthers, you would return it back to the people then? In some form, right? If it, if it were up to me, the people would uh, make make those decisions, hmm. and and in some way they do, right? Uh, because the people, uh, at least now, elect the president, uh, and uh, there's confirmation by the Senate. So so there's some some element of hmm. uh, involvement by the by the populace, but uh, a, a more direct involvement would be, um, I think, better for the system. Speaking of confirmation, uh, is it like the for for state? Is it the same as uh, federal? Like when we saw. Uh, Automatic still is Brett Kavanaugh, uh, who had the greatest you know pop album, obviously of that uh, that year. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You love that song, uh, but but when he when you saw what he was going through, is it the same at the state level where they bring you up and both sides kind of bitch at you and make you answer a bunch of questions and all that stuff? So in North Carolina, there are some gubernatorial appointments that have to have Senate confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing like what you see uh, on on television with the Supreme Court. Uh, confirmation process. Kavanaugh was terrible, man. Did you watch that process? Uh, part of it, yeah. Jesus, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, right? Because at, at that point, anything is fair game, mm-hmm. right? And, and even things that aren't fair game are fair game. <clears throat> so, so I, you know, I, my hat's off to anybody who has to have their personal life yeah. uh, just, just torn up. And then, but sometimes it comes down to some silly stuff like, uh, can you tell me what a woman is? And then the judge can't answer that question. That seems like a bit of a problem. Yeah, to be honest, not to throw you into the political side of it, but that's for for so we're we're hiring we're essentially hiring this person to adjudicate the constitution based on facts and reason and no emotion and then the very basis of biological fact is a mystery to them. That seems like a fucking problem to me. The end. Moving on to the no, next we don't thing. have to burger. Let's leave it with burger. Anytime here. he presses his lips shut like that, I know he's going to get in trouble. Yeah, I I won't <laughs> really jab you, but I'm sure it's come up, right? It had to have been one of the cases that's come to you. Uh, high school sports is that is that coming to the Supreme Court, in North Carolina? It will. Okay, 
because that's one of the bigger ones out there as well. Which and is I why know, you can't talk about it. Right. Which is why you can't yeah. we, why you can't talk about it. But I'm sure you're looking and reading the same things that we are, things that are coming down the road, and you're like, holy shit, there's going to be some very, very tough decisions to make in this country. Hmm. Um, and it's that is on a state-by-state state basis, unless federal steps in. But I would imagine uh, in something like this with uh, just, let's say, female athletes uh, in high school and what is a woman and what is a man and everything else, I would imagine the Supreme Court will have to answer that first before it will get to you guys. Uh, is that true or no? I feel like so. State legislatures have been passing bills last year and this year about yep. this. Yep, there will be lawsuits, but they won't go to him necessarily. So I, I don't think if I'm the not to answer for you or anything, but if I'm the North Carolina legislature, I don't bother with it right now because it's already going to be in the court process. And so you may be spending millions of dollars in taxpayer money, right, to effectively do nothing because at some point it'll it won't go to him. It'll go to a uh, circuit appeals court, right, like the first through 10th circuit appeal, 13th, whatever circuit appeals court. And then from then to the SCOTUS, and then that decision is made and he doesn't have to make it anymore. Essentially. Is that right? That, that's correct. To the extent there's a federal issue and it proceeds through the federal courts, we um, we're hands off and, and until that case is decided. And then there's a case brought to us uh, again, the challenge flag is thrown mm. uh, on whether or not North Carolina complies with uh, the federal ruling. And what's that phrase you use? You're bound by precedent, I think is what you said, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, do you remember all the cases you've done? No. Really? No. Okay. Because I'm looking at some of the lists here, like state versus lamp. State V. Lamp? V lamp. Yep. You remember that one? Dave Dave Lamp. Is there is there so many that just go through here that you're just like, dude, I, I we're working every single day and it's, you know, I make the ruling and then I move on and that's it. Because I mean, I'm looking through the the list here i mean it's hundreds like it's nuts dude what you have to do on a daily basis just december 16th of last year was there's like 40 cases here um do you remember any of these um no not by date there are some that i remember by um uh name others by facts right fact mm. fact patterns um <clears throat> state through. v rawlinson do you remember that one i don't okay that was a big one uh that involved that little caesars there that we were talking about in wilmington what, Clark? It was a fresh and ready sitch, and it wasn't ready. It wasn't even fresh. Oh, what about uh, uh, it's, it's Krispy Kreme with the hot now sign? Oh, yeah. Let me drive by there with that sign on and it not be hot now. Supreme Court. Boom. Supreme, I'm, I'm going, going right straight there. to yep. the Supreme Court. How dare you do that? Because that Krispy Kreme is on college, so that falls yeah. in your, I mean, it falls in the state of North Carolina. I'm obviously mm-hmm. going to take it to you and be like, I got it. And it was cold. I was, my mouth was frozen. I wanted it hot. I wanted a burn. I wanted grab, a third degree burn. Just grab one of the employees and drag them straight to his house. Like, hey, judge, do something. Yeah. Please. What does a judge do to unwind uh, after all of this? <laughs> like, do you booze? Are you allowed to go out? Like, do you rage? What happens there? It's such a wild job that you probably don't want to be caught out doing shit. Well, so Hillsboro is a very small community mm-hmm. and about 45 minutes outside of Raleigh. Uh, there are a couple of bars downtown that, that my wife and I go to and hang out. Um, but, but really what we do is, is we spend time with our kids. Uh, I've got, uh, one of my kids runs track at Wofford. And so we're down in Spartanburg, South Carolina, frequently watching him. Uh, my other just graduated, uh, he was a baseball player in college. And so we spent a lot of time uh, at the baseball field. Gotcha. Where did he go to school? A uh, place called William Peace. Uh, it's a mm. small Division three school in uh, Raleigh. Okay. Uh, now, I was watching Jeopardy last night. My, my wife and I like to watch Jeopardy every night. And there was a guy in the military there who was in, what, Clark? He was in uniform. He was in uniform, and he was proud. 
that he was in the military and he was on Jeopardy and he was clicking the button and doing everything. Do you show up at your kids' baseball games in the full Supreme Court robe and just kind of let everybody know, like the rest of the parents know, that it's like, hey, guys, there's somebody more important than you here today, okay? <laughs> yeah, sunglasses and powdered wig also. Yeah, it's, I do. Oh, would, you, would you bring back, like a, you, you talked about uh, uh, conservatism as a concept, general, not just politically, but as a general concept, and part of that is tradition, right? Um, would you bring back the powdered wigs? Because I think, I think we're missing it. I, the Eng- when I watch the English House of Commons and the way they light each other up, dressed like dummies like that, it's the funniest thing in the world. Like, why can't... I, I don't know. I feel like we should do that. Yeah, well, w- when you say dress like dummies, I think that, that sort of uh, does it for me. We don't, we don't need powdered wigs. You but, never got wigged up? No, never. Not once. You should consider it. But, but except when I go to my son's baseball games, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, Sun, yeah. sunglasses. Well, what, what about, what would you do? Was there anything about the, uh, the attire you would change? No, Canada has red robes. Mm. And I think, I think Maryland does as well for their Supreme court. Yeah, uh, the Supreme court. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, it's different. So it's like Catholicism. You get bigger hats as you go higher up the food chain yeah. and different colored gear. That would be cool. Yeah. But I, I think I would do Jedi robes next. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, that'd be country. nice. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Like a dark brown, I guess. Right. Tan under and then dark brown accent colors. What do you think? Uh, I think you could pull it. I think he could pull it off. Can you pull Clark up a couldn't. pull up a Jedi, Bob? Jedi robes. Just pull up a, a, a polite little Jedi robe, and let's just see how the Supreme Court justice would look inside that thing. It's got to be Liam Neeson. This is a baby so. Yoda. Clark's a baby Yoda guy right here. <laughs> it's got to be in Carolina. See Blue, now, the, you and McGregor on the right there. He's a Padawan. He's not a Jet Master Jedi yet. The guy on uh, Liam Neeson right there. It's so he goes from what looks like like a whitish tan to a full tan with dark colors on the outside, dark brown. I like that mm-hmm. for you. I do too. I think you could pull that off. Just a little Jedi robe but for what, you. Then nice. what's the temptation to start using the force on people? You know what I mean? Like how do you check your own power as a judge? Christ. It's the temptation of Christ. Yeah. I, I don't have the metachlorians for that. Oh, though, fair enough. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, now, <laughs> when, you, when you guys go home at night and you're sitting with your lovely wife and your kids, do you guys flip on Judge uh, Steve Harvey and say, that's what a real judge should do in, in these situations? Do you kind of take notes from Steve Harvey at all? No, not, not that I recall. I mean, I, it's something maybe I should look into, but I, I don't remember ever doing that. What about Judy <laughs> or Wapner? Are you a Wapner guy oh, or a Judy guy? Man, I can remember, this, remember when Wapner first came out. Everybody was watching that. That, mm. that was back in like 1983, I think. Yeah, He's a real, was he a real judge? Yeah. Yeah, he was the judge. Or you were right? thirty-five years old in nineteen. He was a, he was a judge. Was he a real judge or no? I think he was. What he about con- Judy? Was she a real judge? I'm not sure, but but there was a, a study that came out a couple of years ago that like thirty percent of America thought Judge Judy was a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I oh believed it. Well, she I does, wish she was. She's got a bit of an RBG look to her, I guess. She does. Yeah. Uh, she's stern but fair. She's quite a bit richer though. Oh my god! They sold. She sold her back catalog for like six hundred or seven hundred million dollars. I think. Oh, bro! Something I, like I, that. I went over to the her producer's house mm-hmm. one time, and it was the biggest house I've ever been to in my entire life. And I go, "Hey, dude, no offense, this is impressive. This is mm-hmm. the biggest house I've ever been to." And he goes, "You know what's more impressive? Judge Judy's house." Yeah, I bet, I like, yeah. I bet, dude. Yeah, it's everything looks like a courtroom too. It's really weird. Yeah, would you ever consider it? Would you do a local? Kind of show where it's he come the judge, he come the judge. A rap version will get Petey Pablo to do it because he's from North Carolina, obviously. And then it, you pop out and you're like, "What's up, bitches?" And then you start making rulings all over the place. Yeah, I think that would be fun. So, so when I was uh, DA, yeah, right, spent a lot of time in what we call district court, which is like mm. the people's court. Yeah, what you see on TV. And do they have a theme song? <laughs> Let's write them a theme song. Yep, keep going. Walk, walk up songs and everything. yeah, yeah. walk up music. Uh, but, but. Being, <laughs> 
Right, being able to see people where they are and uh, dealing with struggles and, and, and just one, it's 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 very it's it's impactful work uh, that is often thankless, uh, but it's it's also um, it, like like you mentioned a mm. lot with the the military dark humor. Yeah, yeah. Right, it, it, the people involved in the system have to have dark humor to to sort of survive it, right, and get through it. Sure. Uh, but but being in being in a people's court or district court is just a lot of fun. What's the weirdest thing that somebody's ever said to you when you were working down there as a DA? Because we watched those videos on live on like TikTok and stuff like that. It was the singing, the guy who sang for his freedom. Did you see that one? Dear Justice, please you please allow me to. And it was like, oh my God, dude. Uh, did you see, did you watch those videos, those courthouse videos? No. They're the best. Bob, if you can pull that up for him, it's great. Uh, type in the guy who was singing for, singing to the judge, trying to get him out of 12 years in prison or whatever it is. But I wondered if anybody ever walked in and said something completely bizarre and like off the rails. It was like, um, Mr. Burger. I will bake you a cake every day for the rest of your life if you free me. Like anything like that, anything crazy. Yeah. Well, so so we had a um, a shoplifting case from a particular supermarket. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, defendant uh, pleads guilty. Uh, loss prevention officer is in the courtroom, and after the defendant pleads guilty, defense attorney says, "Hey, this is what my client does. This is where she uh, works. This is her family situation." And the judge turns to the loss prevention. Uh, Take a step back. So sure. shoplifting where she had stolen steaks. Steaks? Steaks. Where did she hide those steaks? Well, so so she <laughs> she hid she hid the steaks in the front of her pants. Mm, okay. Yeah. So so after she pleads guilty, after the attorney gives the information about the client, the judge says to the loss prevention officer, um, so how much restitution are you owed? Right? How much do, does the defendant owe you for these steaks? And the loss prevention officer said, Oh, we put them back on the shelf and sold them. No way. How, did they give a discount or no? I think they full price still. I think they doubled the charge. Oh actually. man, that's yeah. ruthless. That's uh, that's not great. That's awful. Uh, Bob, play this video for him. Just out of curiosity, would this this sway you if this happened to you in a courtroom? That's why I wrote a song. This is, a, this is real, by the way. Hello there, you I never want to say I'm sorry. <laughs> For the things I've done And I try and be stronger In this life I chose But I want you to know That door I closed I'm sorry, 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 sorry To my mother I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Oh my God, he walked behind his client now and he's laughing. To the victim I'm sorry, 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 sorry. And get your laughs out. Yes, Your Honor, I'm sorry. Now, if this was going to work, R. Kelly would have been able to pull it off. Uh, Bobby, you can pause it there. Um, He goes on to say the word sorry about 84 more times. So we'll save the justice from that. Would that sway you? Probably not. A song but, wouldn't sway you? But I don't know about that particular judge. Now, okay. he, he apologized to the victim. Uh, I guess he kidnapped someone. Unlawful imprisonment and carrying a concealed weapon. Oh, shit. So, but he had a great song, but though. I wouldn't, he, I wouldn't picture him to do that. He is sorry. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. He was sorry. And just know that if I fuck up in North Carolina and I'm, I've got to throw myself at the mercy of the court and you're him. I will write you a song. I will do that for you, and I will sing it to you, and then hopefully you'll be a little bit more lenient. On well, it. I hope you like jail. 
Me? Because that's where you're going. Probably not. You're not singing your way out of prison. No, I think I could sing my way to like a club fed sitch. Is there one of those in North Carolina? No. Some no, more, not, somewhere by the beach? Not. Um, I'm going to catch a breeze. Not for the state level. Okay. Right. So we do have a couple of federal um, pens in, in North Carolina. Swap me to one of those where it's nice and I can have a nice breeze on my face, some, some sea breeze, and I think I'd be okay with it. Uh, now, uh, true story, before uh, I was out in the car on, on a phone call here before we got in, we're uh, about to go live with Hard AF Seltzer in the rest of North Carolina. Our distributor, uh, Wyndham down there, JT Wyndham, actually knows uh, your father. And, uh, and I was like, oh. What's, what's his father do? Like, he said it, like, very important. He's like, he's the head of the Senate there in North Carolina. Is that true? It is. Holy shit. That's a crazy story. You're just going to leave that out of the whole sitch? Nobody, nobody asked. Damn no. Yeah, Dan asked uh, on Citizen. But, yeah, so, so my, my father has a, a very interesting background. Um, he was, uh, graduates from high school mm-hmm. and is a press board operator at a place called Gypsum. It's a pulp mill. Um, uh, pulp wood factory uh, in in North Carolina and he's standing at the end of uh, uh, the press board machine one day and they just keep coming out keep coming out keep coming out and he his job is to take them from point A and shift them to point B so someone else can carry them he says you know I want something different and and for uh, that community which is a mill town right where everybody either drops out of high school and goes to work in the mill or um, graduates and goes to work in the mill uh, this idea that he wanted to get an education is, is not as prevalent, it's not as popular as it is today. He goes to community college with two small kids, takes him nine years to graduate from undergrad. And somewhere in that process, he says uh, to himself that he, he'd like to go to law school. So he goes to Wake Forest. First person, for, he went to a place called Averett College in Danville, mm-hmm. uh, Danville, Virginia. And uh, first person from Averett College to ever go to law school. And first person from his family to go to college. So he goes to Wake Forest, uh, to law school, two small kids, uh, no money, had to sell his Jeep to pay his his tuition uh, for the first semester and uh, ends up doing uh, very well in law school, got a very good job out of of Wake Forest, sort of hops around North Carolina and we settle in this small community near Greensboro and um, becomes active in the community, becomes a leader in the community and runs for the Senate and is successful. He's, he's elected minority leader uh, and, and ultimately when the Republicans took over, uh, became the leader of the Senate, President Pro Tem of the Senate. Uh, but in North Carolina, that is uh, the, the person who runs that chamber. That's crazy, man. What a big job. I mean, it's basically like Speaker of the House, but for the Senate. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, somebody in the chat was asking about jury nullification. I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that. Right. So, so jury, jury nullification is this idea that uh, despite what the law may say, the jury is free to um, um, basically go against the law and uh, find guilt or not, not or innocence, not guilty, um, uh, based on, on their preference, <clears throat> not what the stated law is. In North Carolina, meaning they can't be criminally charged for coming to the wrong conclusion, or what do you mean by that? Right. So in North Carolina, there, there's a law that says basically, if you're a juror, you have to follow the law as instructed by the by the judge, mm-hmm. right? And the judge gives you the law um, uh, that that is currently in effect, currently operable in North Carolina. Uh, but but some individuals think that it is appropriate for the jury to ignore the law uh, in certain cases and and um, uh, decide based on their personal preferences. Now, does that happen? Absolutely. Uh, but I, I, I think it's problematic for a number of reasons, and it gets back to what we talked to earlier, 
right? This idea idea that justice should be consistent over mm. time, um, and, and and I think that leads to inconsistent results. Mm. I mean, you're it's like a you're just getting a layperson's opinion at that point, right? And, and but that's what we ask for from from our jurors, right? <clears throat> use your common sense, use your everyday everyday experience uh, to handle these complex legal matters, and sometimes. Um, there, there are people who believe that uh, the law should be changed and they take that upon themselves in, in the jury room on the whole, I think jur- jurors get it right, mm. uh, which is why the system is still effective. And, and are there some people who, uh, go free, who committed the crime? Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, you know, the famous saying is better that, uh, one guilty person go free, uh, than, than innocent suffer. So a hundred. Yeah. That's Ben Franklin. It is better than better. A hundred guilty men go free than one innocent man. Did you just correct a Supreme Court justice yes. on the show? It's the <laughs> second time today, as a matter of fact. And, and, okay. and the first should. time was grammar. Yes, yeah, grammar. I, I'm, I'm, I am from rural North Carolina. Phil, right? this I'm from is, rural South Carolina. Is yeah, <laughs> I'm from Georgia, dude. You yeah, know, he, if you want to go real southern? I'll go, man. I'll go to real Georgia with you. He barely got his shirt on today. Yeah, to be honest, barely. He's, he's lucky to find the doorknob to let himself out of the house. So I got one leg through my boxers, dude. The other one just hanging next to my body right now. Uh, we got a couple more questions here from the audience uh what happens if a lawyer doesn't present certain information about a case but a judge is aware of the missing information jeremy miller asked that like exculpatory yeah what do you do in that sitch yeah for so for us Mm -hmm. if if it is once that challenge flag is thrown right we are stuck with uh the pictures information record that's presented to us so if a lawyer does not make an argument technically we cannot consider it Ooh, that's wild man you can't you can't go behind the scenes and be like, hey, dude, I know what's going on. Um, no, we we do not have that uh, ability. We we are stuck with the facts and law as as presented by uh, by the attorneys, okay. and that's that's problematic, right? Because it some, is, yeah. Sometimes it's problematic sometimes because if you read cases closely, it will say we're you know the arguments here were A, B, and C. We did not reach D because it was not argued. So so that happens in Supreme Court cases a lot. They get rejected. They're like, you didn't make the right argument. That's that's the opinion on the rejection, right? That okay. happens. I've seen that happen before. So that you could but you could still after the fact you write it down and say you fucked up basically, right? Right. You can do that. We can write what's called concurring or dissenting opinions mm-hmm. where we express um uh perhaps views about what was not argued or differences that that could have taken place had this argument be, been made. Uh, but ultimately, we're stuck with uh, what the attorneys bring us. Man, that's weird. Because I, I guarantee there's some times where you know some things and you're just like, hey, bro, get your shit together. I, like, you're missing this. But you can't say anything, right? That's nuts, man. Uh, Sarah in the chat is asking uh, if you watched uh, Depp v. Heard and, uh, and what you thought of that. So that's Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard there. Um, did you watch any of that trial? Okay, so I'm... I'm completely serious when i say this mm-hmm. um no i didn't my knowledge of that case comes from you guys mm. really oh so, so it's so, probably not go. the best knowledge no, it's, it's the most professional now it's better than court tv <laughs> so in my opinion here uh as a, a a guy who's played a lawyer on uh on tv once um i think when she defecated on that bed that was kind of it for the whole jury there that's what really turned the tide there and that's when they saw those pictures and uh, and Johnny Depp got on the stand and he said, "Well, it was it was a grumpy. She she had a grumpy on the bed. I think that's what turned the tide in that. When you're watching Wait, he things said like what? that, uh, a grumpy. He called it a grumpy. 
What the fuck does that mean? That's, that means shit, Dan. It means no, it, poop. in what language? Grumpy. It's a, it's not grumpy. once have I ever heard someone she grumpy. say that about poop. She was a little grumpy. But think about it. You make a grumpy face. So um, when that happened, I thought to not myself, me. yeah. I'm a leader. This case is over. I don't know if you guys <clears> sit back and watch like these celebrity cases, like an OJ or like Johnny Depp and all that stuff, and you're like, man, this guy's a fucking moron. <laughs> no? No, like I said, my seriously, my knowledge of that case comes from you guys. Comes from us? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Well, I'll tell you then. The defecation was what sealed that thing. When As soon as I watched that, I was like, not guilty. As soon as he said grumpy. And then they asked him, they were like, what did you think? And he goes, well, I thought it was pretty funny at first. You know? uh, I was like, I'm all in. According to Urban Dictionary, bust a grumpy means to have to go number two, to yep. poop, to make naughty sure water. Yep. And then the sentence it gives is, Brennan had to go bust a grumpy because he tried to move and built up enough bodily waste to kill an elephant. That's from Revstan, January 9th, What the fuck are you talking Thank about? You. That's what Johnny Depp was saying. He was saying it in a nice way. That's on, what, what date was that entry made? 2004. So yeah. long before Johnny Depp's... Cor- correct thing. so he's been using a term that's been used for 15 20 years at this point i still don't believe it's real well it is and he said it in court you can go ahead and reference that um sorry about it clark why why are you laughing clark okay <laughs> you got all of your information from tiktok didn't you that is not true okay. i watched the case on my own and i made the the appropriate decision well, you, and so did the jury you're a law enforcement officer or, or word did you watch that case it was yeah, did you watch weird. It? just what's on tiktok yeah oh, boy. Uh, it's that's probably for the best to be clark. honest it got that that trial got weird. It sure. I mean, did. it was weird out of the get out of the gate, but it's like Elon Musk is involved somehow. Yeah. Good lord, man. Yeah, Can we not just live a normal fucking life anymore? No, we can't do it. Some I, I corn want more and of shit. These, more of these, like yeah. Murdoch. Did you watch that down in South Carolina? I did not. I, again, mm. seriously, my knowledge of that case came from from you and and um, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you watch Ross Patterson Revolution too? Oh, boom. Well, no, I don't want, I listen. You listen, yeah, 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 for sure. So, yeah, for that, totally guilty. Uh, they just dropped a trailer yesterday on Lifetime. So, this is a true story. Bill Pullman is playing Alex Murdo on that. And, it, they, oh, God, they showed a, tr- uh, a preview last night. I'm all in. He's shaking his son. Why did you kill that gay boy? Why did you kill that gay boy? And I was like, holy shit, I'm all in for this. this Lifetime just, is doing all of it these. It just happened. I know. And they've already got a doc coming out. Uh, or it's yeah, a biopic, there it is, right there. Oh, Bob, you were the MVP today. Show this pic. That was it from the trailer. He's shaking the shit out of him right there. Look at they, that. I mean, dude. they really, they really let him. Uh, they, they did him up nice. Bill Pullman's a lot better looking than the, the He's thinner. OG guy. Thinner and not a ginger as well. He's thinner, yeah. And whenever they make these movies about your life, it can go one way or the other, whether they're thinner or fatter. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember with Sean Payton and they cast Kevin James? Yeah. I would have been like, yeah. ugh. Well, they did that to uh, whomever the guy in real life was from Moneyball, right? Like yeah. he's, he's actually... Uh, uh, Billy Bean, skinny. No, no, no. Billy no. Bean is the, no. The he guy, looks like Brad. Billy Bean got glowed up. Yeah, he got he got glowed sure up big did. time. No, the guy that uh, Jonah, Hill uh, Jonah Hill played in real life. It's like a five foot ten, five foot eleven uh, Jewish dude with close crop hair, like yeah, short Paul, hair, Paul Podesta, I think, skinny right? dude. I mean, looks like a. He's in good shape. Mm-hmm. I guess is a good way to put it. Would not cooperate with the film, so they just picked the fattest fuck they could find. Oh, to put on there, guys. Jonah, they got Jonah. They did that with the manager too. That fucking with Art Howe, yeah, he's not. Art, he, he does not have the body shape of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Well, not at that point in Philip Seymour Hoffman's life. Certainly, no that that one hurts. That one hurts. Uh, you know what Clark told me is a, is a true story. <laughs> oh no, it's is not. It, I swear <laughs> Any, to God. Anytime it is. he says this is a true story, you're about to hear the dumbest. We're going to find out because we're live. There's nowhere to go right now for Clark, so he doesn't have a choice. <laughs> Later on in the evening, after uh, Alabama, Texas, I think we were at. Was that an Outback Steakhouse? 
No. What was it? Long Texas Longhorn? No. Yeah, yeah, you're, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah well, it's Texas, Texas Longhorn. Yeah. yeah, so I know what? all the facts. Wait, in this wait was case. there nowhere to go other than some shitty chain? That's all that was open. So yeah, that's was, all that was, was open. Well, we were sucks, trying to get man. out of the stadium, and we were like, "All right, we're going to wait this out." And then there it was. <laughs> um, now Clark was amped because he's like, "This is the greatest meal I've ever had in my life. I've always wanted real Texas steak, <laughs> and now I'm finally going to get it." I was like, "Yes, we're going to get it, and it's fine." You leaned over the table in front of AJ Buckley, and you said, "You know, people tell me I look like all the time, Bradley Cooper." That's I true. I can see it. Yeah. It's absolutely true. You can see Why that? is there so much yeah. laughter? Yeah. I swear to the that. facial it, structure. Not yeah. all the time. It actually happened one time in my life, but I like to repeat the story. Mm. Was she time. blind? She was actually in handcuffs. Was it, was it Dan Crenshaw? <laughs> she was trying to get out of the handcuffs. <laughs> she, she was actually in handcuffs. It was during a, a we did a multi-raid uh, across the city, and, oh, and this is one of the houses the SWAT team hit. And I was standing there, and, and she looked up, and she said in front of them, the guys who were standing there, she goes, you know who you look like? That guy, that, that sniper guy. Yeah. And then it just became the thing. That's so I tell that story Cooper. constantly. Did you start I, singing I it to like her? Bradley. Did you let her yeah. out? Did you Bradley let her out? Something. I made her repeat it over and over again to everybody that walked into the room. So it was nice. Did you let her out? No, we didn't let her out. <laughs> oh, come on. I watched that stripper with the, the stun gun. The oh, yeah, did you see that? <laughs> let her go. Did you see that girl that who was trying to like tell the cop how hot he was? So she, he was like, please let me go or whatever. Did no, you see I haven't seen that one. Oh, no. yeah, it's... It's ridiculous. <laughs> now, Justice Berger, let's say you get caught up in like an Aaron Brockovich sitch, right? And they have to make a movie about the, some case that you did in the state of North Carolina. Let's say it was me. Like I was saving a sea turtle and, you know, somebody started picking it off like a sniper was picking off sea turtles headshots, just gunning all the sea turtles. And then I was saving it and I had to come and play. Who would you want to play you in the movie? Um, not an actor, but uh, Chris Gaines. Oh, oh shit, dude. shit, dude! How do you the alter ego? I mean, he's, of, of Garth Brooks. He's kind of emo, though, isn't he? Put up, Bob. Pull up a picture of Chris Gaines. He's got for the that audience. fucking yeah, Fallout Boy hair. Sure does. Kind of. I'm waiting for that new album. Yeah, to look drop at this guy. Too. Look at Chris and Gaines. eyeshadow. Do you have eyeshadow? No, I did. I did have a blonde lady tell me I look like Garth Brooks one time. But did you really? Chris Gaines is is much better. No, I know. Well, the music's better for the, sure. The, well, you know he's coming out with another album. That's there's I'm a not rumor, kidding, yeah. yeah. There's a rumor that he's going to come out with another Chris yeah. Gaines album. Any pick, Bob, will do. Just pop up a pick of he's Chris obscuring Gaines his here. face in a lot of the uh, that's a lot the of mystery the of Chris Gaines yeah. though, dude. Yeah. Like it's oh look at this one. Here look we go. That, Good lord, it's like emo. Uh, uh, oh. What's his name? That achy breaky heart guy. What the fuck's his name? Yeah, Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. Yeah. A little B size. I like the soul patch too. Look at it's that. very triangular. I could see that out of you if you shaved it. If you shaved his head. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, but I, I have too much gray now. That's why I wear it short. So mm. I understand it. I understand it. Well, that's probably a die job. This? No, that's his real guy. Even hair. You can also wig up. Yeah, you, you just got to. You got to grow the soul patch. Yeah, we'll wig you up. I, I, with you, I see uh, like a Forrest Whitaker. Because um, I don't think they'll let you be white in the movie. Obviously, they're gonna have to. Change oh yeah, that. if it's on it's Netflix Hollywood. for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. Netflix. Yeah. And it, don't worry, it's not gonna be me either. Probably Michael B. Jordan is me. You know, like I'm the one who's saving the sea turtles. So yeah. Uh, get ready for that. Wait, what are you saving a sea turtle from? Well, there's a sniper who's just picking them off from the beaches and mm. stuff like that. And it's like, oh, my God, you've got to do something. There's a law that these are supposed to be endangered species, right, in North Carolina? Isn't there a sea turtle law out there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Up, up at Topsail. Sure is. Huge uh, sea turtle uh, location. So this yeah. is historical fiction is what you're saying. No, this is real. Oh. But if a, Wait, if so a you're going to hire someone to start loose, sniping turtles and just so you're going to make a movie about it? I'm not. But if, if a sniper gets loose and I have to go and save these turtles and then come to you, judge, you're out around, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, then I want you to, you know. Yeah, and Chris Gaines can sing right back to you. Sure can. That's yeah. true. Yeah, it's a musical. God it's a rock man. opera. 
be the whole thing. Yeah. See that on Broadway, man. <laughs> Dressing up Lizzo as the sea turtle. That'd be great. Ah, it'd be great. Uh, now's the point in the show. We get to the drinking bro of the week, which is uh, someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Who's inspired you? Supreme Court Justice Phil, Phil Berger? Yeah, so obviously my father uh, mm. would be the obvious choice for that, but I would also like to say my wife. She puts up with uh, all of my crap. She's helped me get to the point I am today. She uh, saw me through law school and all of our challenges. Uh, she's a wonderful second grade teacher back home and uh, wouldn't be here without her. That's awesome. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, Clark, uh, you're here for uh, Independence Fund. Tell everybody where they can uh, to go and help out there. Yeah, so uh, honestly, any veterans out there in the North Carolina area that uh, that wants a little bit of information from us, go to the independencefund.org. We can, we can work through that process. Uh, we are a nationwide uh, organization, so if you're a veteran who wants to help with your disability claims, if you want help with uh, anything that comes up as a, a veteran issue, maybe prosthetic issues, you're having problems with the VA, maybe getting your prosthetics, uh, the parts and pieces that you need to continue, please give us a call. We are a, a national advocate for our veteran population, especially our catastrophically wounded. Uh, and as far as the, the Veterans Justice Initiative, listen, we were, we're going to continue to push this program uh, within the state of North Carolina. We uh, just passed a budget. Uh, we will have a press conference, I believe, on Tuesday highlighting the, the new budget in North Carolina that is uh, funding the Veterans Justice Initiative to do three things. One is we're going to train, which we talked about earlier. Second, we're going to help set up veteran treatment courts. And then third, we're casework, which is the mm-hmm. Veterans Justice Involved um, or justice involved veterans, we are going to help them navigate the criminal justice system and ultimately get treatment and decriminalize the mental mm-hmm. health issues. And then in addition to all of that, uh, if you're a veteran from a unit that was particularly negatively wow. affected either during combat or after by suicide, which is more common, frankly, uh, go to the go to org and apply for Operation Resiliency, which you've heard us talk about many times before. And if you're a caregiver, non-military person who's now giving care to somebody for the rest of their life pretty much, which is a very common situation and doesn't get looked at enough. They do that as well. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to ask you about that, uh, and I'm being completely serious in this, um, having been in a ton of lawsuits and things like that, legal bills are so expensive and they come at you very, very quickly. You guys take care of all of that, right? So we're not, we're not there to give away the money for the legal bills. What we are there is to ultimately provide guidance in um, maybe how to navigate that process. So North Carolina has a, uh, a veteran mitigation situation, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are a veteran and you're arrested in the state of North Carolina, um, just that fact that you're a veteran is a mitigating circumstance. What we do is we provide to the prosecutors, the defense attorney, and the judge, we can provide a pre-sentence investigation, basically providing information on their service so that everybody in that process is able to really work through uh, the veterans' issues. Some of them have deployed in combat zones. Some of them are suffering from mental health issues because of, because of their service and what they had to do or, or see over in those areas. So we're able to provide that information with, the obviously, the, uh, the, the volunteerism of the of our veteran, but we're able to provide that information as clear and concise as we possibly can, and then ultimately help them get into to treatment. You know, some of our veterans, and we're not here to say that a, a veteran who commits a criminal act gets a free pass. That's absolutely not where we're at. But there are some that do not deserve to be incarcerated. They deserve to receive assistance and help uh, for what they did and what they dedicated and gave to this entire country for our freedom. We want to make sure that they're being being fairly represented. We're, we're actually helping them through that. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, you guys, for being here. Uh, Justice Berger, what did you think at the end of this? You getting canceled or no? You good? I, I think I'm okay. I but, think you're but all right, right. Thank you so much. This is a real honor for me. And thanks to Clark for getting between you two. 
Yeah, right. Clark like wanted he, to. He's absorbing Bradley a lot of this Cooper, bullshit. He wanted to be next to me. Come on, the beard. That's not. It doesn't work. No, it's too dude, gray. It's you got to sing right. that song. Your honor, I'm sorry. No, not that one. Oh, tell me tell something. Me something. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not trying that. Absolutely not. But you know, I'll be your Lady Gaga tonight. I'll dress up like Lady Gaga. Yeah, we're Gaga going. We're going dinner. out to dinner tonight. We're going to do karaoke, and you're singing that song. <laughs> yeah. Have you do you do you yoke? Do you yoke at all? Nobody says that. They sure do. No. Everybody says do you do you yoke? You do. I do not. All right. If we go out tonight. Do you have a go-to song to Yoki to? It's Chris Gaines, probably, um, right? Well, I, sadly, I don't know I don't any know of his songs. songs either. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't. Pro- probably, if, if I had to, uh, I told Nick Palmashano it would be Beer in Mexico. Okay. Mm. Right, so that would be it. All right, all right. I'm going to get nasty tonight, all right? Just buckle up, all right? <laughs> he, he does like to twerk a lot in public. I, I sure it's do. Off, it's off-putting. I sure do. Yeah. You're going to see some things and hear some things you've never seen or heard before. And it's going to be a blast, all right? <laughs> it's going to be a goddamn blast. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for tuning in, kids. Go to iTunes, rate the show a five-star, and leave a quick review. Also, head on over to Spotify. It's just a five-star, and you can walk away. They don't have that technology yet, all right? They're not there yet. Uh, for D'Anthony D'Anthony Holloway, Justice Burger, this piece of shit Clark, I'm Ross <laughs> Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone. <laughs>